You're listening to All About Agriculture with Rory Lewandowski, presented by OSU Extension in Wayne County, Ohio. And a very good morning. Welcome to Behind the Scenes here on Worcester Radio with our very good friend, Rory Lewandowski from the OSU Extension office here in Wayne County, talking as always about agriculture. Rory, before we delve in to today's topic, uh, as we do every time we see you, very good morning. Happy to have you joining us today. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate being here. Well, we're going to be talking today uh, about corn silage harvest preparation. I know for many dairy producers, corn silage is a major component of the the feed ration, and, and certainly in today's dairy economy, Rory, those producers want to harvest and store a high-quality silage feedstuff. So first off, what's involved in pre-harvest planning? And then secondly, how can it help you know, to deliver in the end game a better quality silage? Right. Well, pre-harvest planning and preparation uh, is crucial because this whole process of harvesting corn silage happens very quickly. So within the space of just a few days to a couple of weeks at most, A year's worth of feed is chopped, hauled, and stored, so uh, you don't have a lot of time for decisions. So decisions either made or not made during that time frame affect the quality of silage that's fed throughout the entire year. So taking some time now to think, plan, organize, and prepare before the start of corn silage harvest can help to ensure a better quality silage feedstuff. So some key decisions that you have to think about and uh, make some planning preparation for Involve harvest timing as determined by that plant dry matter content, uh, monitoring the kernel processing, use of a silage inoculant, matching that silage delivery rate with packing tractors, uh, especially critical obviously in bunker silos, and then covering and sealing that silo. We're going to take some time to talk about each of those decisions in more detail now, beginning, Rory, with dry matter content. First off, why is this important, and specifically, what's the goal for harvest, and how can that dry matter content be determined? Yeah. Well, I know we cover this topic kind of every year, but it really is good review because this is the number one most important decision regarding corn silage harvest. Plant moisture content, or dry matter content, determines that ceiling for your silage quality. So, in other words, if you don't get this right, silage quality suffers and there's no other step in the silage production process that you can recover that lost potential. So take some time to get out in the field, collect samples to determine the moisture content and then continue to monitor that plant moisture until harvest actually begins. Uh, When you get out in the field, collect at least five plants from random field locations, uh, chop them up uniformly. Uh, We want approximately one inch or smaller pieces. And then determine that moisture content uh, using any type of uh, commercial moisture tester, such as a a coster tester, or you can use a microwave oven. Now, on average, uh, once you've got that that moisture determination, that's kind of, you know, where things are starting, then you can, on average, think about plants are going to dry down about 0.5 percentage units each day after that dent stage. Um, it can vary a little bit, obviously, depending upon the hybrid and, and the type of weather conditions we get, but that gives you kind of something to, to shoot for. And then it, when you harvest, that goal is 30 to 35 percent dry matter, so 65 to 75 percent to 70 percent moisture on a, on a bunker silo. 30 to 40 percent dry matter, or 60 to 70 percent moisture if you're in a silo bag. And 35 to 40 percent dry matter, or 60 to 65 percent moisture if you're using an upright concrete silo. Now, if you're using a custom harvester, you want to make sure that you're communicating with that person and 
providing as much lead time as possible so that you can get your harvest scheduled in a timely manner. Rory, you said that kernel processing is another key area for quality corn silage production. Why then is, is kernel processing important? And again, what pre-harvest preparation is needed for that? Right. Um, we've certainly heard a lot about kernel processing in the last few years. And uh, kernel processing is really, it's just physically damaging or, or splitting that corn kernel. And uh, when we do that, that results in improved starch digestibility and availability. So again, we get better use out of our corn silage. So part of that preparation then is to make sure the chopper knives and the roller mill are in good condition and properly adjusted. You wanna make sure that you replace any worn shear bars and any knives that might be nicked up. The gap setting then between those rollers, this is critical for that processing. That should be between one to two millimeters in diameter. Now, just as a hint, if you want to check that, a dime is 1.2 millimeters thick. So that, that could be something used as a guide. Now, when we look at the actual amount of processing out there, there are lab tests and analysis that will provide a corn silage processing score. But the turnaround time usually doesn't lend itself to timely at-harvest adjustments. So at the time of harvest, the dairy producer needs some way of monitoring the quality of kernel processing that's occurring right during that chopping process. One quick monitoring procedure involves filling a 32-ounce cup with fresh chopped corn silage. Then you empty that cup onto a flat surface and you sort through and you count the number of whole and half kernels. The goal should be that you have less than two whole or two half kernels. If you have more than that, you're not getting enough processing and you need to adjust that chopper out in the field. Once again, joining us in studio today, Rory Levandusky from the OSU Extension Office as we continue our discussion about preparing for corn silage harvest. Uh, Rory, should a silage inoculant be purchased beforehand? And how important is use of a silage inoculant in obtaining a high-quality silage? Right. Well, certainly, I mean, if everything is done right, um, <clears throat> it's possible to obtain a high-quality corn silage without an inoculant. Uh, however, that effective inoculant, you can look at it kind of as a uh, you know, risk management strategy. It really stacks the deck in favor of a desirable biological activity. It provides a guaranteed population of desirable bacteria. There are two main types of silage inoculants. Uh, one is a lactic acid bacteria, and the bacteria that produce acetic and propionic acid uh, is the L. buccinari. That's the second type. So we've got the buccinari and, and the lactic acid. Now, which do you want to use and get out there and, and purchase? It really depends upon your history of silage production and kind of where your farm and maybe silage use system might need some extra help. That uh, lactic acid bacteria inoculant promotes better silage fermentation. On the other hand, the buccinari type of silage inoculant helps to reduce spoilage and feed-out losses. So uh, you'd want to use that buccinary product if it's helpful if you're going to have a silage feed-out rate that's maybe less than six inches per day. Uh, if you're doing a lot of feeding of silage during the summer months, that might be the one to go with. So again, take a look at uh, where you need some extra help and then make your purchase accordingly. Packing silage in bunker silos and, and silage piles is another topic that we cover every year, Rory. Can you remind listeners again of why this is important and what kind of equipment and labor needs to be lined up maybe before the harvest to make sure that this also happens successfully? Right. 
Uh, well, this is, again, it's another critical step in, in quality corn silage production. Uh, if you've got to this point, uh, if you harvest at the correct moisture, you've got your inoculant in, now you want to make sure uh, that you get a good anaerobic condition going. So this packing really is, it's the rapid removal of air by packing that green chop material. That creates that favorable anaerobic environment for that lactic acid bacteria that need to take over and begin to drop that pH. The goal is to achieve a minimum silage density of about 40 to 45 pounds of fresh forage per cubic foot. Uh, that will provide you a density of about 15 pounds of dry matter per cubic foot or higher, and that would be our goal. Higher packing densities are going to result in less dry matter loss. The guideline for packing is to provide 800 pounds of packing weight for each ton of silage delivered to that silo or to the pack. So let's just say, for example, uh, your harvest rate is 100 tons per hour, uh, then the packing weight needed is 100 times that 800, so 80,000 pounds or 40 tons of packing weight that you've got to have available. Each packing layer then should be no more than 6 inches in thickness. So if you wait to get a foot and then try to pack, uh, you're not going to get as good results. Really, packing about a 6-inch layer is where, what you're aiming for. So again, you can't compensate by applying a thicker layer and then packing more time. You'll just get a lot of mush on the top and not really get down all the way. So it's very important to match that delivery rate with the packing tractors and weight, have the labor available uh, to run those tractors. So your key information to know or questions to ask before harvest include, you know, what's the harvest capacity in terms of corn silage chopped per hour? And then do you have the wagons, trucks, and tractors to keep up with that capacity? And do you have the labor available to handle that? Finally, Rory, how important is it to cover the bunker or uh, the bunker silo or the pile? And also, uh, assuming you're going to do that, what preparations need to be in place for that? Right. Well, covering, again, is it's uh, very important to reduce storage losses. According to an August 2018 dairy newsletter from the University of Kentucky, uncovered silage results in losses of 47% within the upper 20 inches and 11% losses within the next 20 inches. So if you add those amounts together, that represents over 25% of your total amount of feed in the silo. That's a high economic cost. So covering reduces those losses by more than 50%. Now, ideally, before harvest begins, you would line the sides of the silo with plastic and have some extra plastic overlapping the walls. Then once that silo has been filled and packed, you use that excess overlapping plastic to cover the top, add another piece of plastic to make sure that you've got enough overlap. Uh, so really, there should be overlaps of about three to four feet, any place that, that you're covering this. And then make use of an oxygen barrier two-step product in addition to covering with a six to eight mil plastic. Cover that silo or pile as soon as the final packing is completed. Covering again, it prevents oxygen, weather, and animals from getting into the silage pack. You're going to reduce dry matter losses and reduce spoilage losses. Well, Rory, as we close out this morning's program, where can someone get more information about preparing for corn silage harvest and silage production? I know your phone number, the website, always good places to go. Right, exactly. So again, our, our phone number at the Extension Office is 330-264-8722. Uh, check out our website at wayne.osu.edu. And we'll be putting uh, information about uh, silage and silage preparation up on the website. Rory, as always, thanks again for coming in. Appreciate it, Ron. Thank you. Once again, our guest in studio today, Rory Levandusky, 
from the OSU Extension Office here in Wayne County talking agriculture. Stay tuned. More on the way after this.